Now let us pray together. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My wife enjoys following very British problems on Twitter. You may have come across it before. There's also a website and there's some books of the same name. It's so very British and ironic and with very good observation humour as well. And a few days ago, Francis read me this tweet. The rest of the year in one paragraph. Pancake day, chocolate eggs. Wow, the sun's out. It's like summer raining now. Ah, three days of too hot. Oh, nearly Christmas. Oh, scary night, firework night, Xmas proper, New Year, two days of fitness, snow warnings, and back to where we are. Done. <laughs> it's very cynical, but there's truth there about the cycle of life that we, we sometimes get sucked into, empty and predictable and sometimes joyless. A routine that loses somehow its meaning and its joy. And it seems as we get older to spin faster and faster. And sometimes we say we just want everything to stop so that we can escape. And then when a pandemic comes, we want everything to speed up again and get back to it because we miss it. A very British problem. We're never happy. And yet there's a good thing sometimes about the rhythm of the year because the liturgical calendar, for example, makes us think about things that we wouldn't think about otherwise. And today is one of those days. It's Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent and our Lenten journey. And we're encouraged to ask questions, just to pause and to stop and say, what's life all about? Does my life have any meaning and purpose? Is this where I want to be? Am I heading in the right direction? Who am I living for? Big questions. And if we'd been doing ashing today, a bit difficult <laughs> online, but if we had been doing it, we would have produced ash from burning palm crosses last year. We would have made the sign of the cross on our foreheads, a ritual that's a symbol of our, our mortality, a meaningful sign also of repentance, our changing direction. And we would have had these words said over us as we'd had that sign on our forehead. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Turn away from your sin and be faithful to Christ. Now, us clergy types uh, have to think a lot about life and death because it's a great privilege for us to be alongside those who are going through the great joys of life, but also the deepest sorrows as well. And there'll be many listening or watching this broadcast who will have uh, known that we've been alongside in those highs and those lows in people's lives. I conduct so many funerals, and the amount of times that I say those words, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I can't get away and those moments of thinking about my own mortality. Just to hit pause, just for a second, as I'm taking that service for someone else, and to think, what is this all about, this life that we've been given? Yes, we have great hope in the gospel, and that's why I have the confidence to 
uh, take funerals and to uh, be alongside people, to give words of hope. But I'm just like everybody else. I have to face those big questions. Uh, many of you will know my dad passed away recently. And it's been a time when I suddenly realised that I'm the oldest one in the Miles line, and uh, uh, of, of my family anyway. And you begin to have that sense of responsibility, and you do think about your own mortality. And we started to talk about Dad, and as we prepare for the funeral, we'll be thinking about his achievements, his character. Yes, some of his self-confessed mistakes that he shared with us. And as you do that, you can't but help ask those questions. What will people say about me one day when I die? Am I happy with what they will say about me? And when I meet Jesus face to face, what will he say about me? And am I concerned enough about that last question? Now, before we get too depressed by all these questions, we all have feelings of inadequacy. But it's really important, I think, that we do take a moment to hit pause and to ask the big stuff, but also to remember God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness that's available to us through Christ Jesus. You see, we all feel unworthy. We all feel at times we've got life wrong. Paul said, didn't he, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short. You see, we're not alone. And John Wesley was convinced that living truthfully was actually a mark of God's grace in our lives. You see, sometimes we, we don't face up to the questions. We don't face up to how we live and how we behave. John Wesley believed that God is actively at work within us and through us, despite the messiness of our lives. By his Holy Spirit, he shines light within us. He shows what we're really like, prompting us, convicting us. He sees what really is going on, and yet he still loves us. You see, we're made in God's image. And it's our destiny to be restored into the fullness of that image that God has for us. So he is longing for us, our maker, if you like, to live according to the maker's instructions and not live for ourselves, but to find the gift that he has for us. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. And I believe it's reflective honesty sincere faith, genuine humility that was spoken about in our gospel lesson that enables the Lord to bring about that change within us. You see, the good news is that by trusting in what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can know his forgiveness. We can know his Holy Spirit restoring us, forming us, molding us into what he would have us be. And when we find that, we suddenly find what life is really all about. This is a free gift, if only we'd receive it. It says in Ephesians, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. I probably 
you've probably read, and if you haven't, I urge you to buy a copy, Phil Yancey's uh, book, Philip Yancey, What's So Amazing About Grace? It's worth every penny. Let me read some words from it. He writes, Grace means that there is nothing that we can do to make God love us more. No amount of spiritual calisthenics or reunifications, no amount of knowledge gained from seminaries or divinity schools, no amount of crusading on behalf of righteous causes. And grace means there's nothing we can do to make God uh, love us less. No amount of racism, pride, pornography or adultery or even murder. Grace means that God already loves us as much as an infinite God can possibly love. So God's love is here for us as we reflect on the messiness of our lives. And the Ash Wednesday is that invitation into a journey through Lent to take our life seriously, our behavior, our relationship with God seriously, and pray that by the miracle of God's grace, he will make us into what we can be with him. But we have to be honest, and I think Ash Wednesday is a day for honesty. Today's gospel was a very powerful one. As I am uh, dealing with Dad's affairs at the moment, it's really hard going through house and seeing all his stuff. But you suddenly realize sometimes we live for stuff, don't we? Uh, we pack so much into our lives, so many things, but what is it really all about? when everything is stripped away. It's about love. It's about relationship. And I believe that's what God wants to restore within us. Perfect love. Dealing with that rubbish in our lives and leading us from ashes into the joy of his life of love and new beginnings. So I pray you will use this time of Lent wisely and we're now going to say a prayer of penitence as we think about those big questions as Ali leads us in prayer. Ali. <laughs>